Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of the Wellness Coaching Conversation. This is Brian Douglas, and as always, I'm joined by the exceptional coach, Lori Legault. Hey, Lori, what's happening? Thank you, thank you Ryan. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Got to keep it light. Got to keep it light. But, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm excited about where we're at because we are rolling right into uh, part two of our conversation uh, about really it was precipitated by the impact that current events, world events are having on clients and how do we as professional coaches help our clients navigate that. And I, I think we did a, a, a if, if I'm being honest, we did a really nice job uh, of that conversation. And so today I think it makes sense to delve into what we do as, as coaches and humans, because it's, um, it's not like we're immune to what's happening in the world or immune to external events, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is important for us to, um, when we're having really heavy conversations with our clients and helping, helping them sort through the heaviness of things that we also figure out how to balance ourselves so that we can still do what we do well. And, you know, how, how do we take good care of ourselves during this time too? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, it's true because I mean, I, I think that, that certainly in our field of health and wellness coaching, um, most people who get involved in this work want to help others. And I think one thing that goes along with that is the capacity maybe to feel at a more, whether it's at a higher level or just we have um, maybe more sophisticated EQ. And, and so if we're not careful, we can be maybe more emotionally affected by, by some of, some of this stuff that's totally beyond our control. Yeah. That we can sort of help other people navigate that a little better. And then how do we then take that in and go, okay, now how do I, on like another like micro level for myself, figure out how to um, not be affected. So I continue to do, a, can, can continue to do a good job at my job and thrive, you know, mm. thrive within it. And so, yeah, it's um, quite the balancing act of taking care of others and yourself. I agree. I agree. I'm curious. Um, like what, if, if you had to uh, put your finger on one thing, and I know there's not just one, but if there was one thing that maybe stands out to you as being particularly helpful for you in in kind of maintaining that equanimity and maintaining a a, a really positive and healthy outlook, uh, especially when you're you're working with clients, and that can get really heavy. What what is that? Yeah, um, you know, I recently have been more in tune with what gives me this sense of like the seeing the beauty around me and noticing what is what makes me go wow I'm so lucky to live where I live I'm so lucky to be alive right now mm. and what makes me literally just like drop my jaw when I notice like really mm -hmm. notice my surroundings you know everybody goes through their life sometimes in a very 
you know, to-do list kind of way and making sure that just as we uh, talk to our clients about doing that, we also stop and really realize um, what's at our arm's reach. That's like, wow, life is still amazing. Even despite yeah. the, a lot of sufferings, a lot of um, problems to be solved. And yet I think grounding yourself in this way of um, just noticing. And what I mean by that even more specifically is I personally, during like my work breaks, I will take a short walk or a long walk, depending on how big my break is outside. And I do, you know, I am fortunate to live in an area that's beautiful. Um, And so, but I, but I, I really take the time to notice like, oh my gosh, look at that bird on that tree. That's gorgeous. What a gorgeous bird. Um, You know, wow. The mountains are so amazing. And, um, oh, I love the crispness of the air. Like it sounds kind of silly in a way and basic, but if you don't take a moment to really notice, then you don't see the beauty of what is right in front of you. And I think that that little bit goes a really long way, you know, in, um, grounding ourselves Mm -hmm. and then being able to better deal with the big harsh realities that we know are happening. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It, 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 um, I really appreciate that because the I think what what you're articulating is the sense of awe, a w e awe, and and that often comes through interactions with nature. You know, I think in in there's a pretty significant body of research uh, from Japan about what they call forest bathing, which is is grounded, rooted in that same concept of the the healing properties of nature and so and i also appreciate that you acknowledge that yeah you 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 definitely have uh, a great environment where you are to experience and maybe not everybody does and so that you know certainly there people may need to get creative you know they may also be differently abled and so their mobility may be a challenge and so maybe it's it's more of you know finding a a a beautiful immersive nature documentary or it may be connecting with a pet or it may be even if if those aren't available seeking a sense of the the transcendent and and turning inward and practicing some sort of mindfulness or some sort of meditation. So I, I think awe is uh, tremendously powerful at helping us reset our perspective, recognizing our place in a much, much, much bigger picture, and also understanding that even the problems that can feel very overwhelming are still much smaller when you compare them to the night sky or the Rocky Mountains, you know? Yeah, definitely. I was listening to another podcast recently um, where they were talking about how a shared sense of awe is really amazing also. And while you don't always plan on that, when you do plan on that, it is a very rejuvenating experience, you know, Mm. to plan to go somewhere where you know, and actually the, one of the things they pointed out in this podcast was one of the ways that a lot of people share that sense of awe is concerts. Uh, and so that's cool. I think that um, there is a collective experience that people have that is really cool too, because 
you know, you probably had that experience where you go to a concert and like people that are right next to you, you don't even know you're strangers, right? But you're there to see this artist that you all love. And so even though you don't even know the people next to you, you quickly can come together and enjoy that experience with whomever you're there with people who are around you and that most of the time people are really excited and happy to be doing that thing. And so sometimes it also takes seeking out the experience that, Mm -hmm. you know, is going to bring you joy and happiness because we can't always expect for it to just like kind of fall in our lap, right? Like sometimes it does. Sometimes we're like, Oh wow, I didn't even realize this was going to happen. And it's so amazing. And when it does, it's like, like the most beautiful sunset right now. I feel like fall is the most beautiful sunsets. And, and that's one thing that, again, I'll catch myself, like by, go by a window towards the evening and go, oh my gosh, that sunset is amazing right now. And just like stand there and look for a little bit and take that in. So that's something that happens sort of, you know, in the moment that you didn't expect, but when you can plan an experience where you're like, you know, I know that um, I need a little bit more enjoyment right now because I'm mm-hmm. feeling the weight of the world is just very heavy and depressing. Deciding that you're going to implement some experiences for yourself that you know is going to bring you that kind of joy that you need to feel good again. And sometimes that can feel, and we talked about this last time in the episode, it can feel like it make you feel guilty too. Like, oh, I know people are suffering and here I'm going to go do something frivolous and enjoy myself. But it's also needing to understand that, um, you do deserve to still seek out happiness and not that the people who are experiencing difficulties don't deserve it too. I mean, of course we all do, but that you don't not deserve it because others are. So, yeah, it's a slippery slope to almost kind of take on an assumed uh, feeling of, of guilt and, I think it's important to to recognize that if we're going to be at our best serving our clients, we have to acknowledge that certainly within reason, we need to do what we can to support ourselves in that mission because our clients are counting on us, you right. know, and, and, and so if nothing else, even if we don't feel like, oh gosh, there's too much negative in the world, I don't deserve all this, even if we feel that way, our clients expect more from us. And I think that that's, that is a critical thing to remember is that other orientation. It's not just a self-orientation. That's part of it. You know, self-compassion is deeply rooted in care for the self. It's also recognizing, though, that unless I do this work for me, I can't be fully present and I can't fully serve another person. And so I, I, I really like that. I think, um, you know, Kristen Neff has has written a lot on self-compassion and and one of the I I was looking before this episode at at uh, some of her uh tools and exercises and one that yeah. really stood out to me that I thought was was amazing um well there's two one is a self-compassion break and I think that aligns exactly with what you're talking about uh, of of you know seeking that experience of awe and transcendence and and the divine even if you will um by stepping outside your reality either physically or metaphorically but then the other that really jumped out at me was uh she calls it how would you treat a friend and and i think it's important as as coaches to be objective when we look at ourselves 
And if we find that we are having negative self-talk or we're feeling unworthy or, you know, any of these things that are, that are maybe leading us to be less than our best selves, that exercise is great because it, it asks you to shift your perspective and say, okay, if a close friend of mine were in the exact same circumstances that I am, would I be talking to them or advising them differently than I am for myself? And if so, what's that all about? You know, and, and I think that that's a really, that can be a really powerful tool to use in, in helping us kind of reframe our, our present circumstances and, and getting back onto that positive track. Absolutely. I, I love Kristen Neff's work too. And it was such a good, it was such good timing for that because, you know, here in the U S we kind of live in a, in a world of like, do everything yourself, be independent, be successful, go towards the money, that kind of like dynamic. And in that go, 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 there is very little room and time for self-compassion and for like stopping and smelling the roses along the way kind of thing and appreciating what you actually have. And, um, so I feel like her work was so important to be compassionate and also be proud of yourself for things and mm. be um, just noticing where you thrive in your own life. And, um, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of things that I think everyone could benefit from super strong mentality of discipline, discipline, discipline. And while that is an important way to live life, um, it can make you propel your um, goals out of this fear state mm. and also a um, like I'm never good enough place. Yeah. So switching that a little bit around to that self-compassion model, I think is super helpful for most people to implement. And I even just had that discussion today with a student and it was really good for her to hear that because, you know, she called herself a, a procrastinator. And I said, um, I would not use that word to describe you. You're not, mm -hmm. you're, you're a very um, disciplined, strong person. And just because you're a human that wants to once in a while, not work so hard and just enjoy yourself a little bit, I wouldn't call that procrastinating. I would call that being human, you know? And so there's where that self-compassion comes in of, I also deserve to stop and relax a little bit. It doesn't have to always mm. be a highly driven road. So that's that's a you you said a mouthful um and and i think you know it, unfortunately there's there's um there's like a a cultish puritanical streak through our culture of self-reliance and winning at all costs and those may be beneficial in the economic system that we have I'm not sure they're the best thing for well-being and relationships and the things that when people remember this, when people get on their deathbeds, they're not talking about, hey, I'm I really wish I would have spent more time at the office and, you know, stabbing people in the back and winning, winning, winning. They're going, I wish I would have spent more time with my family. I wish I would have told people I love them more. And so I think we, you know, thinking about that perspective and and adding that into what you said, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, 
it's it's so important to find ways to inject balance and sustainability into the way that we live because that's what we're talking about here we're talking about how we approach life um and yes discipline is an important tool for sure but one can take it to an extreme that isn't healthy or beneficial for you and so i think that there's there's that that you know, and we can go into the mindful awareness conversation of John Kabat-Zinn's work. I mean, there's a whole other thing. And and there's a lot that there's too much that that it's impossible to do all the things that we want to do. OK, there's too much in the world for us to do all the things that we want to do to the level that we potentially could do them. And so we have to, like, you know, be our own coach, our own counselor and say, OK, well, what's <laughs> what's most important to me here? What are yeah. my priorities and and be able to and willing to let go of the things that maybe don't make the cut and be okay with that? Because again, otherwise, literally there there is no end to that vicious cycle of, you know, getting into that self-flagellation of I'm never, I'm never good enough. I'm not good enough. I gotta do more, gotta do more, I gotta be more. And you end up burnout. Mm-hmm. Or worse, you know, you end up alone because you destroy your relationships. And and so, I don't know, there's a whole bunch that that is there to unpack. But I think staying focused on, on the self-care portion, it's really important to be mindful of, of how we navigate the world and how we, how we let the external things that are beyond our control, how we let them affect us and how we respond to them. And so, you know, awe is a beautiful response, um, self-compassion and all the the tools that come with that. Mindfulness and meditation is another one. Um, I think I'd like to maybe have a whole episode about that topic later. Um, yeah. Because there's something I actually, that we haven't touched on yet that I wanted to to talk about because I think it's a really important tool in the last few minutes that we're going to talk here. It's a really important and practical tool that every coach can use. And that is trading coaching sessions informally, even with Mm. another, with another coach. You know, if you're a mental health professional, you have another mental health professional that you regularly see to help you stay balanced and navigate the world. And I think as coaches, we, we should have that too. And I know I, you know, part of that is with you, you know, we meet on a regular basis. And then I've got a couple other coach friends that I meet with at least on a monthly basis. And it it's, there's alchemy there. That's all I can say. It's not like we go in with an agenda. It just is transformative and beneficial for both of us every time we, we meet. Yeah, I am so, so, so glad you brought that up, Ryan, because, well, even the things you said leading up to that, um, all really important ways of dealing with um, how do I stay focused, balanced, um, take good care of myself. And I mean, when you mentioned mindfulness, I was actually kind of totally going to jump on that because I was like thinking, um, noticing when you're being affected and not pushing it down because we are very much a caretaker kind of person where it's like, I'm not going to deal with my own uh, difficulties right now. I'm going to, you know, focus on everybody else, but it is so important to notice when you're being affected and ways in which you can help 
yourself process what's going mm. on and how do I do that well when you notice that you have it first of all mm -hmm. oh I've noticed that the world or the news of the world or or just talking to my clients who are affected or whatever is starting to bring up something in me that's that feels a bit um difficult and then um the I, I feel like the med the mindfulness meditation is a really important piece and we can dive into that in yeah. some of our next sessions a really important piece that uh gosh those you know people uh, across the world across the world from us that started meditation you know forever ago were so wise yeah. you know and it's so it's so um powerful and yet also doesn't take a ton of time depending on how long you want to spend but can really 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 help so much with um with the unease that we have mm -hmm. but then yes what an awesome way is to, to also deal by doing a coaching exchange like you yeah. say and um it's like a mentorship in a way but it's mm -hmm. also a coaching session and um somebody who you know has your best interests in mind as well yeah. And all of that combined is amazing to have. And you're right. We all probably know at least a few people who we can say, hey, can we do this together? Can we yeah. coach each other so that I can experience what my clients experience? Because I think yeah. it is sometimes like people don't always experience it themselves. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think we can kind of leave a carrot there for the next couple of sessions. <laughs> on. So then what? How do we do that? You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. There's there's plenty to delve into. And and I think that um yeah, that's a good place to stop. And yeah. um and I, I I'm already percolating on some ideas for, yeah, for future episodes. Too. I know you are. So um cool. This was fun. I, I really it it's it's human nature, I think. Um, at least if you are other focused and you're you're kind of a servant and a helper, to always want to talk about things other than yourself and put the limelight on others. And so that's why I'm glad that we took this time to talk about taking care of oneself because yeah. um, it's where it all starts. Yeah, for sure. Yep. That's, that is a hundred percent true and sometimes hard to recognize. Mm -hmm. So we'll talk a little bit more about that in upcoming sessions. Um, Thank you, Brian, for your wisdom today. And um, our podcast listeners will be back shortly. Awesome. Right back at you. And thank you, Lori. And y'all be good. We'll talk to you soon. See you later.